You can put it on reels. I could put it on reels. Oh, reels can only be 30 seconds. Okay, so I did not know that. And this has to be three to five minutes. So basically I just got to post it. It's going to be an IG TV thing then. See, yep. we're, we're keeping up with the times. Oh, oh yeah. And actually, so what just happened to you? <laughs> I was trying to speak and drink at the same time. And that's not, my body says that's not allowed. That's, that did not work well for you, did it? We're Cara and Jill, two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that are rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it. Hello and welcome to the Push Podcast. This is season two, episode seven. How are you doing today, Cara? Pretty fabulous. <laughs> Good. How about you? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I also have to say pretty fabulous because of the, with such enthusiasm, you said that. So pretty fabulous. Pretty fabulous. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little tired, but otherwise fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Had yeah. a big day. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did have a big day and it's not over yet. Right. I still have uh, two hours of training to do tonight, mm -hmm. and it's going to be um, a new workout for everybody, so that'll be kind of fun to show off the new torture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is I, this is a fun week. We have all new workouts for all of our clients this week, and so they, they get kind of excited, and then they, like, spend the rest of the week being like, oh, that thing that you did on Monday, and, <laughs> like, I could feel these different muscles working. Yes. <laughs> Yep. I'm excited. So yes, that's very exciting. So that's tonight. Mm -hmm. Now, um, tell us about the uh, project that you're working on right now. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm really proud of myself. I have <laughs> been uh, attending Google University the last couple days because <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I did my first Instagram reel feeling pretty proud. So if you have not seen it, uh, it's in there featuring me and my husband and <laughs> feeling pretty excited about it. And then, um, the actual project that she's referring to, I've been in a six week course through uh, fitness for all bodies called deconstructing the fitness industry. And I, this whole time I've known that there is this final project. However, it's due on Saturday and it's currently Wednesday <laughs> And it's been done for days now, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. And just this morning, I thought of the concept for my project. <laughs> so I am usually not this much of a procrastinator, but I really just felt like, like, especially when we're talking about oppression, like, I just don't feel like I can, like, do a project if I don't know all the things. 
And then it just kind of occurred to me, like, I'm never going to know all the things. Like, there's always going to be like, well, I should have read that book before I did this project, or I should have done this course before. And so I'm just going to do it. And the last time we had class, it was amazing. Like this, if you're a fitness professional and you have an opportunity to learn from Justice Williams, you absolutely should. He teaches from a place of such compassion and love that it's pretty amazing. Um, we have really hard, difficult conversations, but it's, um, it's such a safe place to do that. And, um, so the last class, we all shared our art projects that we've been doing for the last six weeks and everyone cried. <laughs> and so, so for my project, I'm trying to, I want to keep it light, not because I think there's anything wrong with crying, but I wanted it to be a fun project to sort of counteract the seriousness and the deep, the, the deep feelings that I had. And I'm right in the middle of the pack when I present. So I thought it might give everyone like a little breather. So yes. I wrote a, a breakup letter with the fitness industry, mm -hmm. at least the toxic parts of it. And I'm, I'm going to like sort of present it as a like, it's not me, it's you. I've moved on to better things and uh, see you later. It's really good. I, um, I read the letter part of it, at least the first draft today, and it was so good. I actually cried. So Right, right. So ironically, I'm like, I'm going to write it to be funny. <laughs> well, cries. I didn't know the visual for it at the time, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really great. Yeah. So I have figured out how to uh, superimpose a video of myself in front of like explosions or a bear at a picnic table. Wearing sunglasses. Or, right. <laughs> figured out how to put sunglasses on the bear mm -hmm. so, I mean call me for all your photo editing because like, <laughs> we'll see I may be in an absolute panic tomorrow because I can't figure out how to put it all together but we'll see I think you'll do it I hope so I have faith in you thank you and once once it's done is that something that you're able to share with the public I think so I'm gonna ask and see but yeah I um I'm hoping that I'll get to share it because now that I'm like into it, I'm like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> you can put it on reels. I could put it on reels. Oh, reels can only be 30 seconds. Okay. So I, I did not know that. And this has to be three to five minutes. So basically I just got to post it. It's going to be an IG TV thing then. See, yep. we're, we're keeping up with the times. Oh, oh yeah. And, and actually, so what just happened to you? <laughs> I was trying to speak and drink at the same time. And that's not, my body says that's not allowed. That's that did not work well for you, did it? <laughs> uh, so I was going to say, like, like about the IG Reels thing. If if uh, this reel that you put up, the one that you did about the hair, like, it's really funny and it's really good. But if that one gets as many views or more than the other one with your husband in it, then I'm going to be a little pissed. Because I'm going to think right. it's all about him. Right? So we're like doing these, like, we've been doing all these posts and these reels about like, like smash the patriarchy and drink your water, you know, like fight racism and, you know, and love one another. And then we post some random video of my husband laying in the middle of the street after a cardio workout and we're laughing at him. And that gets more likes 
than basically anything else we've ever posted. I think it might be our most liked post ever since we opened for business in 2015. Which is just the problem. That is just the problem and part of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, like I love my husband and I like to look at him too, but I, <laughs> I, it is so irritating to have a white male get, who like when we have him featured in any of our posts, get more likes than the stuff that we post that really matters to me. You know, like it's funny to have him on there and I enjoy having him in there as a prop. He's going to be my, um, he's going to be basically the toxicity, the toxic masculinity part of the fitness industry in my video. Nice. (laughs) Well, he has a role. Right. He has has a role to play. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like that very thing is the thing that we're really trying to to do away with like that, that fitness belongs to every body and we can, can we please start accepting more diversity in body types when it comes to fitness? It's such an uphill battle and it's exhausting. Yeah. Like it's every once in a while and I feel a little bit um, disheartened because there's so much, um, there's still so much work to do, but we cannot stop. We can't give up because mm-hmm. it's super important. Yeah. Yeah. When I, and this is in the top of my mind, cause I'm going to be talking about it in my video, but I keep thinking about the presentation that we gave like what, three years ago. Uh-huh. Um, so there was a local fitness conference for fitness professionals here in town. And we actually didn't fight to be there. But we pushed back at the organizer who basically had all white men presenting at this thing. Mm-hmm. And in that process, we were invited to speak at this event. Yeah. And so that in itself is kind of irritating. Yes. And then when we gave the presentation, it was about changing the conversation about women's bodies in fitness. Mm-hmm. Like we need to talk about women's bodies differently. We need to approach fitness differently, especially when it comes to women. We you need to talk about intersectionality. We need to examine health at every size. We were literally heckled by some dude that owns a vitamin and supplement company in town. Yeah. And and so that was like that layered on top of it. Yeah. And yeah. it's it just like, I don't mean to say like, oh, poor us, but like, gosh, if, if, if two white women talking about oppression, people can't handle that. These, these people are certainly not inviting the trans community to the table no, or people of color to voice their opinions or to even make those people feel safe in their environments. And Mm -hmm. it just sucks. Yeah, I remember that same um, that same conference, that same topic of discussion. We had some breakout sessions where we were talking about how you might approach somebody who's having um, a client who's having a bad body image day. And I remember one of the other white male uh, presenters, actually the person that put it all, put this um, conference together. He's like, "Well, I've never had any body image issues, so I don't really know what to say." And I was like, okay, but that doesn't give you a pass. Like, right. not good enough. Like, if you don't know how to relate to a woman, 
Like, and that, that, and then you're like, well, I can, then you only feel comfortable working with men. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. (laughs) Ironically, we never heard from him again. Yeah. I think that was about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some people can't handle us and that's okay. Yes, that's right. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. Wow. (laughs) Nice. I can't tell you what video that's from. Video, what video? Wow. <laughs> Just going to go down to the uh, yeah. Hollywood video and yeah. rent a few good men and <laughs> put so, it on my VCR. So what I didn't even say, <laughs> what I didn't even say is that I've literally, the way that I've been learning how to do Instagram reels is I, <laughs> there's a guy that puts out special how-to videos for boomers. <laughs> <laughs> trying right <laughs> <laughs> working on it so yeah so so all of that to say that's not even the topic for today no just none of that that's just a uh, stick it to the man <laughs> that just floated to the surface yep 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 stick it to the man like last week's episode <laughs> right this might be a recurring theme <laughs> it might be so um so yes so the topic today is the idea that health itself is a social construct. Yes. We, we kind of think of health as it's sort of in the same way that we think of our bodies, that it's something that kind of should be fixed. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that I really, when we start talking about uh, privilege, is I really want to start talking about it in terms of I am currently able-bodied. I am currently healthy Mm -hmm. and I'm currently neurotypical Mm -hmm. because all of those things really can change and do change throughout our lives. And the hard fact is that all of us are going to die at some point. So at some point our health will fail, (laughs) right? Um, Yeah. And, and if we are so obsessed with health, what does that say to people who aren't healthy and want to come to our gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and not all of you listening are health professionals or fitness professionals, obviously, but I just want you to know that these are things that we consider when we're creating spaces for you. Yes. That, that we don't want to create a space where someone who is currently not healthy doesn't feel comfortable coming into our space because we are so health obsessed. Because a lot of times we can't control our health. Mm -hmm. Yes. So along those same lines, like I just looking at the bigger picture, I was thinking about um, health being a social construct and what that actually means. And what that actually means is that it's, it's society and not our biology (laughs) that determines who's welcome in these spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, our illnesses have both a biological and a, an experiential component to them. And the experiential part um, comes from how people are treated in public spaces. Yes. Yeah. How they're treated by their medical professionals. Um, And when you have these intersecting layers of oppression, so say you are living in a larger body, you're sick and you're black. All of that affects how you are treated 
mm-hmm. in society, in a medical facility, in your gym, in all, all the different ways. Right, right. And, and the stigma that's associated with those things that are created by society, those, the effects of that stigma have just as much, if not more, negative impacts on people's health than the illness in the first place. It determines how they're treated. It determines what kind of care that they seek out and the type of care that they receive, like Cara was saying. So the, the, the social construct of health has, in a lot of cases, a bigger impact on somebody's illnesses than just the illness itself. Mm-hmm. And in our studies of the social determinants of health, one of the things that really sticks out to me is that um, of all of the different factors in our our lives, like there's genetics and there's, um, you know, access to clean water, there's experiencing privilege or racism, um, there's um, access to medical care, there's lots, I mean, there's lots of different things, I'm probably leaving out a lot of important ones, but only 10% of all of those different factors is exercise and nutrition. So out of 100% of all the different things that can influence your health, your exercise and nutrition only make up 10% of those factors. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty small sliver because it's like as fitness professionals, we go into it really believing that it's like everything, like your individual responsibility to be fit and stay fit and keep yourself healthy. Like that's everything. So you got to push yourself harder and you got to do the work and, you know, it's all, and you see that a lot right now, especially in relation to COVID Mm -hmm. like, like people who are getting sick, don't take good care of themselves. That's why they're getting sick. And if you stay healthy and you eat healthy and you know, like you get, you, you know, drink kale and whatever else, that people are saying (laughs) that you won't get COVID and it's just the people who like are already failing at life who are Mm -hmm. getting sick and dying. And that's a really shitty position. And so, you know, fuck you, Joe Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) And we have an episode title. him a lot but there was there have been a few episodes where I'm like I wonder what this guy is gonna say and so I've listened to pieces of some of his episodes and um he's got some major hang-ups with this like it like radical individual responsibility Mm -hmm. and really the ironic thing is is that to me if COVID has taught us anything it's that all of our health's are interlocking like like we can't be healthy if our community is sick right and vice versa like it's we like if if you're if if you are are as a quote-unquote healthy person that is not affected by the disease but you can pass it on to your grandmother you're still affected right and so all of your individual responsibility goes right out the door if you're able to, like, infect and harm the people that you love. And so it just, 
to me, it makes, it's a bigger argument for community health and like helping each other and lifting each other up mm-hmm. because we are really not any stronger than the people sort of at the bottom of the pyramid, I get, you know, as far as like the social hierarchy goes. Right. And if you're not watching this and making air quotes about that, because I, I also have an issue with that. <laughs> just, just I'm bringing all my hangups today. Do it. It's just, um, <laughs> so yeah. So let's, let's talk about too. um, let's talk about the fitness professionals out there who are trying their best to still sell their bullshit products and diets and exercise programs by saying that they don't care about how you look. They just care that you're healthy. So how about that? Okay. So I have an opinion about this. I'm a story. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I did. I do have an opinion about this. <laughs> so, um, okay. So one of my favorite people that I follow on social media, her name is Reagan Chastain and she has like such a great analogy that really rang true for me. And so she compares it to, um, football players. So it's like, Oh, you care about health. You care about health so much that you want to eradicate fat people from the face of this earth, like you're going to do your best to fight the obesity epidemic, right? Okay. Well, are you also worried about football players? Because they are some of the most, like they, some of the riskiest behavior with the poorest health outcomes of any sport. Mm -hmm. And so if you really care about health, you'd be up in arms about them too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Like if you're going to, you should be like working to eradicate football from the face of the earth. If you're looking to eradicate fat people from the face of the earth, because both like if, if, you know, like football is, is like legit documented, unhealthy, bad for you. Yep. You (laughs) like most, most football players, the the further along you get have been injured at some point. Um, A lot of them suffer concussions that have long lasting health effects And so if you care about health, you know, like, let's just be consistent. (laughs) Yes. And, and (laughs) I, I, there's, especially the fitness professionals I know that have like a military background. I, I, I just wish that I was still in contact with some of them so that I could say that (laughs) I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it in my back pocket here. So if like I ever run into them in the grocery store, I'm going to be like, Hey, 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 what do you think about football? (laughs) <laughs> be like, do I know you? Right. <laughs> so you care about health, do you? <laughs> so, so yeah. So the whole idea, like, oh, you care about health. Well, if you really care about health, then you should know that people's health is mo- more greatly affected by weight stigma and weight cycling than it is by just being, being overweight. Yep. So let me say that again, being overweight is healthier than experiencing weight stigma and weight cycling. So the fact that we are making fat people feel like shit about their bodies 
guilts them into dieting and exercising and trying and trying to be smaller in the name of health Mm -hmm. that is worse for them than just being bigger and by the way please let me know if you can find a study because i haven't been able to find a study we don't even know that weight loss actually makes you healthy because as far as i know i have not found a study that compares naturally thin people to people who have gotten thin through dieting and and compared their their health outcomes. So we keep saying, oh, lose weight and be healthy, lose weight and be healthy. We don't even know if that works. Woo! (laughs) Right. (laughs) I am combative today. I don't know. We need need that explosion. I know. It was the it was the recreating the Angela Bassett scene, <laughs> walking away from the exploding car. Yes, the exploding fitness industrial complex. Ooh, yeah, take that, <laughs> take that. Yes. So, yeah, we don't know that that we don't know that losing weight actually makes people more healthy. We do know that there are many, many, many factors that determine somebody's overall health. And how many of those have to do with actual body weight? Not very many. Not very many. Not very many. Mm -hmm. Yep. So people who are completely different sizes can have the same illnesses, the um, the same health problems, the same health outcomes. Um, so the body weight doesn't really have very much to do with health outcomes. What does is the stigma is, um, racism, homophobia, transphobia, patriarchy, uh, capitalism, Mm -hmm. any other isms? Yeah. Like a, just like a, I think you, I think you got them. I think I got them. Well, if there's probably some that I forgot. So ableism. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you think of anything else, let me know. You can comment on this post or uh, send us a message. But yeah. So when you say that you don't care about somebody's size, you only care about their health. Or even if you say that about yourself, like a lot of times people um, in the pursuit of thinness will will say, well, I don't really care about um, being skinny. I just want to be healthy. But in the back of their mind, they're going, but I actually want to be skinny. Right. Like, so even if you say it about yourself, like health is not uh, determined by weight. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of health promoting activities that you can do regardless of your weight. Like, like sometimes you think about like, we have clients that come in and say, okay, I really want to lose weight. Can you help me with that? And we're like, well, we're not really weight loss people, but why do you want to lose weight? And I said, well, because... I want to get off on down on the floor and back up with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, sweet. Like we can help you with that. Like that takes some mobility training and some strength training. Like you, if you think of the four pillars of athleticism, it's uh, strength, flexibility, stamina or endurance and sports specific technique. And there's no weight in any of that, like there's no weight loss in any of that. Like you can build strength and gain mobility and build your stamina regardless of what happens with your body. Now, some people do lose weight 
but it's not a guarantee. And that's not the way that we'll approach it. So there are so many ways that you can work on your, on, on meeting your actual goals. Like if your goal is like, I want to have more confidence. And so like, I would feel more confident if I were 20 pounds thinner in a, in a bikini. And it's like, well, okay. So what, like, could you a buy a larger bikini and B work on like feeling more comfortable in your body would, would being more comfortable in your body make you more confident? Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, we do live in a society where we feel very judged by ourselves, by other people, um, by the media, where we are constantly judged. And so I'm not trying to say that, that, oh, go ahead, just put on a bikini and go rock it. Like, it, it, I know it's not that easy, <clears throat> but I do know that if we can practice shifting our mindset to finding that confidence, no matter what, that we'll all be better off Yep. because there's, I mean, it, weight loss doesn't work for 98% of the population anyway. So we can try and try and try and hinge all of our hopes on being that 2% or we could figure out how to fix the problem and have a much better odds. Yep. And I just like that better. Me too. So another nuance to this that I really want to discuss because it's not something that I ever really considered until I started researching a lot of this stuff is that the terms obesity and overweight are made up terms. So these are made up terms by uh, people in the medical industry. Um, and they were, they basically, they wanted to have a word to describe a problem that they were creating. Mm-hmm. So this is all wrapped up in how like the BMI started to be used uh, in the medical field, which was never intended to be used the way it's used now. But um, these particular terms, I really feel like should be be considered slurs. Mm-hmm. Like these, we already have a term for people who live in larger bodies and that's fat. And they that word was never a bad word until obesity and overweight became part of our lexicon. Yep. Yeah. And not to mention, like you you talked about the, um, the BMI and I forget what study it was. I'll have to go look for it, but um, they just one day decided to shift the numbers of the BMI. And so like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people went from, um, quote unquote, normal to overweight or overweight to obese overnight, just because they changed the numbers. All right. And they created a new category, morbidly obese. Yes. So they shifted the numbers down so that everyone had to be even skinnier to be quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. And then they added a new category that included the word morbid so that people would be (laughs) deathly afraid of being fat. Mm -hmm. When it is literally a natural way for a lot of people to be. Yep. And so <clears throat> it's, I feel like fat phobia in our society is like this last place where people can be openly hateful. You know, like there's not a lot of people who are like openly racist 
or openly homophobic like a lot of times people try to like like hide it mm-hmm. and like be that around their other like racist or homophobic friends but like but like fat phobia is a place where like a lot of people even people who wouldn't consider themselves to be like part of an oppressive group still treat fat people not very kindly mm-hmm. and it's on all levels it's yeah. it's not just on like face-to-face interactions it's like like we know fat people exist but we're not going to make chairs big enough for fat people to sit in we're we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna put arms on the side of that chair so that if you're like over 300 pounds i'm sorry you got to stand in the waiting room yeah you know I, like public bathrooms yeah we're not we know fat people exist but we're not going to make a blood pressure cuff that fits you, or at least we're not going to have one available in our office so that when we take your blood pressure, it's going to read wrong. And then we can put on our chart that you have high blood pressure, even though you don't, because we didn't have the correct, the correct, you know, device to actually measure you. Like there's, it, it baffles my mind that, that this is allowed. Even, even if, even if being fat was your fault, it's still not okay to treat people like that. Well, no. And, and it's not. No, it's not. It's not. And, and it's not even just the, like what you were talking about with the um, public spaces being um, built around um, a smaller body in mind. Um, not only are people like being openly hateful toward fat people, but we're just going to act like they don't exist by having these smaller spaces, by having these bathroom stalls where the only one that larger people can fit into is the handicap one. And then that's all a whole thing. So it's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like got legit mad at my mom the other day. So we're trying to outfit ourselves for the summer and we got a kayak and now my mom wants to get another kayak, like a blow up kayak this time. And anyway, that's not the case. That's not the problem. <laughs> That's just my own personal problem. Finding my mom annoying. <laughs> but anyway, so my mom was going to be the one to like buy all of the life vests for our family since we were the ones buying the watercraft. So she's like, she's like, what size do you think you need? And I was like, I don't know. Like I've tried on an extra large in the store and it just, I'm not certain that it'll feel really comfortable on me. And so I just want to get one of the little cheapy ones that goes around your neck and simple, easy to adjust. Anybody can wear it. Like I like that's what feels comfortable for me. And it's like, it, there's no size on that one. It's like adult or child. So that felt really comfortable. So my mom goes, well, I did see somewhere that they had like an oversized one. And I just, I might have not said fuck you because it's not my mom's fault that oversized is a thing, but that is exactly what I thought in my head (laughs) was like, just the language that we're using. Like, like if you're so, if you're big enough, you don't even deserve to be like in the sizes. Like you're just oversized and I'm not like a huge person. Like I am still smaller than the average woman in this, in this country. And so if I'm an oversized, like how are people finding clothes that are comfortable? Mm -hmm. Like, 
it just, it sort of baffles me. And so I, I, I really like, I just, I think that, that it's, it, it is hard. It is really hard sometimes to start to think about some of these concepts in a different way. We have, we have, you know, professionals that we work with who give us some pushback on this and a really struggle to kind of come around because of their own hangups with their bodies and like, you know, want to see the research and show me your sources. And it's like, well, here, here they are. Like, yeah. please read them because they're all out a, there. Yeah. This is important. And you work with the general population and you should know, you should know about this. <laughs> yep. Yes. That's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the push podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button, give us a review, share it. The more subscriptions and reviews that we get, the more visibility we get so that we can reach more listeners just like you. That's right. See you next time.